2: Here are
3: your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your Headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm joined in studio, of course, once again by our producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. And
1: another good evening as the weeks just continue to fly by. I know,
3: (laughs) getting closer and closer to Christmas.
1: Yes, we are.
3: Yes. Well, the new legislative session is just weeks away, and according to the National Conference of State Legislatures, Minnesota will be the only state with a divided legislature in the 2019-20 biennium. For the first time since the 2013-14 biennium, the DFL will control the Minnesota House, while Republicans maintain control of the Senate. With the election of Tim Walz, Democrats will keep the governor's seat.
1: That's right, Rebecca. And with every new legislature comes expectations that are formed from campaign promises from the previous election cycle. In one sector that is sure to garner a lot of attention in St. Paul, as it should... Is education. And you know, right. the state's achievement gap between white and minority students has Governor elect Tim Waltz focused on helping every single child in Minnesota receive an education that will prepare them to succeed in a twenty first century economy. And as we always talk about here on the program, we can all agree mm-hmm. that every child in the state of Minnesota and across the country is deserving of a quality education that does prepare them to succeed.
3: Absolutely. We want to see that for every child. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so
1: what are some of the education policies that are being proposed by the governor-elect? Well, tonight we want to take a closer look at some of his campaign pledges.
3: Yes. Well, joining us in studio to help us understand the governor-elect's vision for education is former State Senator David Hahn. Senator Hahn spent 14 years in the Minnesota Senate. As a Republican, he represented District 48, which consisted of the cities of Eden Prairie and Minnetonka. Senator Han's special legislative concerns included education and education reform. Senator Han has been a guest here in Education Nation several times over the last three years, offering insight on a variety of topics. And it's so great to have you back once again, talking about an area of particular interest to you.
2: Well, I appreciate the invitation. Glad to be back here. You're right; uh, education is really the issue that got me involved in the political world in the first place. Mm-hmm. I did serve in the Senate on the Education Finance and Policy Committees. And have tried to be uh, an advocate, particularly for uh, Republicans, to take the education project more seriously. Democrats seem to always talk about education. Republicans seem to be a little bit more wary of it. Yes. I'm hopeful that as we go forward here in this next cycle that uh, the Republicans in St. Paul will be uh, a little bit more mindful of Mm -hmm. uh, what we're doing in education and the policies that we have. and. And certainly the election, uh, as a Republican, it was not necessarily a great result Mm -hmm. for us. But Mm -hmm. obviously I respect the political process, the office of the governor. I wish uh, Governor Walz the best and hope that uh, the things that he pursues are going to be good for the people of the state. Mm -hmm. But... Saying that, I will have to admit, after reviewing his his proposed policies for education, that there's some very troubling things in my mind about what his objectives might be. Mm-hmm.
3: And as you've pointed out, the Democrats do tend to talk about education so much more so than Republicans. And I know I've always found that curious um, because education influences kids' thinking so much. Uh, they spend, you know. 13 years in school, seven hours a day, five days a week. Right. That's a lot of hours that they are under the instruction of a system of education. And so you would think that that would be a bipartisan concern well, much more so than and, it and seems i'm not trying to, to say be. that
2: the republicans don't care they do no, many of them but they don't but tend to get involved as much that's right I, yes. my experience when i was in the senate for example was very very hard to find members in the senate that really wanted to be on the education yeah. committees they're, yeah. they're they're difficult the budgets are difficult it's uh, it is hard work mm-hmm. to learn understand all that I, th- I think what it comes down to is that many Republicans are focused on economic issues, which mm-hmm. is a very good thing. It's, it's important, sort of too. Important. Mm-hmm. And they forget about how important the education system is in forming the culture. Absolutely. Uh, and I used to tell my colleagues that, that the culture will always trump politics. Yes. You cannot use political means to change the culture. You have right. to respect the, what the culture, which is why it makes some of the things that have happened so difficult to undo when you've seen the big change mm-hmm. in the way the culture has uh, changed mm-hmm. the last uh, 40, 50, 100 yeah. years. Yeah,
3: Politics lags behind the culture for That's sure right. and reflects And, and education it. Mm-hmm. is a big
2: part of cultural formation, and mm-hmm. uh, so I, I hope I'm going to continue to advocate among uh, my friends and colleagues yes. that let's pay attention. I think it is the single most important thing that we do as a state is mm-hmm. is paying attention to and and looking mm-hmm. at how we how we provide education to our to our kids. Yes, and we
3: clearly agree, which is why we have a whole show to talk yes, about right. it every that's week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get started uh, discussing Tim Walz's plan here. Um, A crucial top priority component of the One Minnesota 21st Century Education for Every Child is One Minnesota Vision for Equity and Excellence in Education. And the source here, of course, is the Walls Plan, the One Minnesota Agenda. So Governor-elect Walls wants to expand the Child Care Assistance Program, also known as Universal Pre-K, to help children enter kindergarten ready by uh, um, helping the needy families afford high-quality high educational options. So Walls believes that this will help reduce the likelihood of imprisonment and pave the way for higher income earning opportunities, which is obviously a good goal. We want we want that goal. Um, he also states that narrowing access and opportunity um, as early as, uh, very early, I should say, is one of the most proven methods by reducing racially predictable disparate outcomes in education. So the debate is not new. Um, Drawing on your previous experience serving on the Senate Education Committee, could you expound on this last statement? And then does providing opportunity supplant the issue that nobody seems to want to talk about, which is the importance of a healthy home environment?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And, uh, in fact, it's one of the remarkable things about this agenda as I looked at it. Uh, And and people reading it probably wouldn't catch it at first. But for years and years and years, we've talked about the achievement gap. I mean, this came out of what I think personally was not necessarily great federal policy, Mm -hmm. the No Child Left Behind Act and so forth. But one thing it did is it required that states do some uh, focus on how the achievement uh, rates are for different demographic slices. Mm-hmm. And that's when people really got focused on, oh my gosh, you know, uh, in general we do pretty well, but mm-hmm. then there's this demographic that doesn't do well right. and hasn't done well, and we've mm-hmm. got to get that better. Yep. Typically the poor and minority mm-hmm. uh, segments. Not all the minority segments, but many of them. Right. So we've we've had that focus for, I don't know, 20, 25 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Hasn't changed, hasn't gotten any better. No but matter now, what's been done. <laughs> no matter what's been done. And every mm-hmm. year in the legislature we talk about, oh, we're going to change, we're going to solve the achievement, it never happens. But mm-hmm. we do spend more money. Yes. So what 's happened here with the waltz Flanagan agenda uh, they 're now talking about opportunity gaps, mm-hmm. not achievement mm-hmm. gaps, we're talking about opportunity gaps, and so mm-hmm. what does that mean? Well, it really means and if you read his material, what he 's really arguing for is that we 've got to spend more money that there are Again. some <laughs> right, <laughs> right right but the, but the idea is that by by spending more money uh, we 're going to close the gap on providing whatever it is that you think you need to provide that you aren't mm-hmm. providing. Uh, and I would argue that that's just uh, a, a false goal to pursue. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. change anything. There mm-hmm. is no evidence at all that there is a relationship between how much money is spent and how good a job you do in providing right. education. To Absolutely. Kids. Obviously, you need to have resources, funds, mm-hmm. and there has to be a certain level of funding that that you have. You have to pay teachers. You have to open buildings, keep them running. Everybody Purchase knows curriculum, all this. what have it's, you, mm-hmm. right? But w- when you get to the question, well does spending more money here and less money here does that translate into but be- no it does mm-hmm. not there's absolutely no evidence of that so i think it's remarkable that his that his policy is premised on this idea that we have to spend more money and that by sp- by spending more money we're going to provide greater opportunities although mm-hmm. the question is opportunities for what exactly right. and mm-hmm. and your question about mm-hmm. <clears throat> does this really focus on what might be the more fundamental question mm-hmm. is uh, what has happened to families yeah. what has happened to the culture and, and in my view it's very clear that the policies we've adopted at state and federal level that have to do with welfare and education and and a, and a whole host of uh, has done a great deal of harm to the to the stability of the family unit mm-hmm. and we're seeing that get played out in all kinds of ways crime rates drug rates right. uh, education achievement mm-hmm. uh, almost everything that we that we see that we're troubled by I think there is a a relationship to the deterioration of the family that has been the result of policies deliberately chosen going back to really uh, Mm -hmm. the great society Mm -hmm. back in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying that you can solve all that today, but in your education system, you can focus on things that are achievable. But spending money is something that we've been achieving for a long, long (laughs) time and have not seen any results. I think
3: it makes people feel better. Absolutely. you know um, you know oh, we're helping the children we're you know helping the teachers we're helping the schools um, so it's not that, that, that I'm sure you would not argue that spending money isn't valuable but it, if you don't see a change and a benefit, then we have to start looking at what is really at the core.
2: No, you're right. and I, No, I would never argue yeah. that. I mean, it's like anything else in, in our society. There's, there's a cost to do everything. But typically what you do is you look at not only the cost but also what the result yeah. of that, that spending right. is. Mm-hmm. You look at, well, we're going to invest money, we're going to spend money doing X, mm-hmm. and we're doing that because we want to see a certain thing, Y. Mm-hmm. And so you you look at both of those things. Yeah. In education, yeah. we only look at the Inputs out. yes how much yes. money are we spending oh it 's not quote enough. We need to spend more. We spend more, and it 's supposed to solve all the problem, but but the problems never get solved right.
1: right I think a big part of that too is because when money is needing to you know is being asked upon to be spent over and over again, it becomes more experiential. it seems as opposed to a results based okay what are we spending the money towards? Mm-hmm. What have been the results? How much time have we given? Uh, for this money to work in the areas that they're trying to, well, cause and that's
3: where the whole measurement piece has come to play in education. I think a lot of you know business people think, well, we have to be looking at the outcomes, and if we're going to put money in, we need to know that it's going to be- benefit just the way any business would do, but then you have to ask what's the best way to measure those outcomes. You know, just a single standardized test, you know, that they're being taught to take mm-hmm. and trained to perform well on isn't a, a true measure right. Is it really objective? of yeah, what yeah. the kids are capable of doing. And that's a whole nother topic. And we've actually talked about sure. that before as well. Um, so, you know, I think I think that there are some in the the realm of business who would like to see a little bit more. Um, objective measure of what is a good outcome if we're putting all this money in. But those are, some of those are intangible, um, but we can consistently see that there is an achievement gap, but we don't see changes in the way we perform the education. Um, Being a headmaster of a classical school, I see the benefit of a classical education and how it helps kids learn. And a lot of those types of methods and content and deliveries are not being done any longer. And I think that's one of the reasons why we see trouble with the students learning. Um, even in an inner city you know, environment, we've seen that be successful. So even with broken homes and such, you right. can see classical education working. So I think okay. we do have to look at some of the de- delivery systems as well as the, the family. Sure,
1: exactly. You know, governor Leck Walsh also believes that Minnesota can secure equity and excellence in education with the expansion of full-service community schools. Now, at first glance, that does sound like schools will be called upon to provide services that should be taking place within the context of families. Would you explain, you know, what this full service entails and what kind of impact do you believe that these services would have on the overall academic experience of students in Minnesota's classrooms?
2: Well, it, typically uh, when, when you hear that phrase, full service, uh, and it, mm-hmm. it's typically a part of the... The DFL uh, education mm-hmm. "quote unquote" agenda, and what it what it gets to are things like which have been dreams and ambitions of education in Minnesota and, and the Democrats for years and years. Things like defined ratios of counselors in schools. They want to have a, a a number in law that says for you know you have to have so many uh, counselor student ratio, mm-hmm. or, and and or maybe it's a healthcare professional or mental health professional. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole host of social services that that they believe can be and should be accessed by local schools. So schools mm-hmm. don't become, their primary mission may not become education. It's more like it is the community focused to deliver social services. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the school is just maybe a part of that. They, they, mm-hmm. they look at, at the schooling as just an extension of the social service program. Right. That to me, and given the the uh, discussions I've been a part of in the Capitol over the years, is when they talk about full service, that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, what that does is does a couple of things. One thing is that it diminishes the focus on yeah. what is the purpose right. that we're here for
3: learning, exactly.
2: Right, and, and and how do we do that? And how do mm-hmm. we focus? We, we, there's scarce resources. There's uh, there's never going to be enough money for people to do everything they want to do. There's always going to be some tension between what we want and what we can afford, and so there has to be a focus. There has to be a real commitment to doing the things that are going to make the most difference. Mm-hmm. And schools exist to do. To do that one thing, provide mm-hmm. an education, not provide all the other, which may be needed, social sure. services. Mm-hmm. But, but to try to diffuse and to diminish the focus on education, I think, is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. It makes it much, much more difficult to evaluate and, and uh, sort of assess how well schools perform. If, mm-hmm. if the mission now becomes, well, we're going to deliver all these other things, mm-hmm. all these social service goods, Well, that then becomes as important as what goes on in the classroom, maybe more important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you evaluate a school then by how many students are taking um, mental health classes or Mm -hmm. uh, getting assistance in some way or another? Has that that become the standard? So I think Mm -hmm. it diffuses and diminishes the the focus that we need to have on trying to provide high-quality education. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, another component, too, of this vision for equity and excellence in education is to improve and restore balance to the curriculum now. The goal is to ensure that children have what's known as racial windows and mirrors in their curriculum so that they they would see themselves in what they are learning. And the plan also calls for the need to understand the history of the land in which they live on, opening the way to teaching inclusive and empowering American Indian ministry, or Minnesota history, excuse me. The new administration all wants to expand access to culturally relevant curriculum that is proven to reduce racially predictable outcome for students. You know, what is the goal here? What does culturally relevant curriculum look like, and what is the thinking in terms of how that's supposed to shrink the achievement gap?
2: Well, I I think this, uh, you you read this whole part of of the Waltz Flanagan plan to Mm -hmm. do education, there's a lot of things that are packed in those very loaded Mm -hmm. uh, statements, culturally Mm -hmm. relevant, uh, uh, racially, I mean, it's, the, it, to, In my opinion, in my view, mm-hmm. what, what they're really doing is, is again, not focusing the resources and the effort on the things that need to be done. Um, uh, there ha- seems to have been over the past 20, 30 years sort of a rejection or a denial that – that our country as a nation does have a culture, and it's a mm-hmm. unique culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that is premised on these ideas that we find in the Declaration of Independence that really go beyond race, ethnicity, uh, religion. Mm-hmm. It really talks about what are the things that are unique to human beings as right. opposed to every other thing in the universe. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. They, and, the, and the founder said these things are unique, and they're true, and they apply to everyone. Right. And mm-hmm. the whole culture of this country is based on the premise that if we accept those those ideas as true and try to act on them than all these other things that have been proven to be so divisive mm-hmm. over the entire history of mankind, mm-hmm. that those things can be diminished and there's an opportunity to, to really uh, govern ourselves on a more rational rather than emotional basis, mm-hmm. more, rather than being, being com- you know, captured by the feelings we may have about our own tribe or our own race or our own ethnicity. That we can focus on the fact that we are all human beings, yes. and there are things that are true about us. So mm-hmm. we start talking about cultural relevance, and we had to elevate this culture that, and, they, and in their plan, they talk about the American history, Indian American Indian history, which is certainly important. Mm-hmm. But to do that, and at the same time, stop, or which I, I, I believe they, they don't really ever have. At least recently started, but they don't teach American history. Why right. not the history mm-hmm. of the of the country? Mm-hmm. And perhaps use the the uh, example of American Indian history as a as an, a, a part of that to show how we did or didn't do as well as we aspired to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's important. But mm-hmm. to focus on these sort of ethnic segments and elevate them and say that's really what's going to prepare people for success. I I think that is, to me, it diminishes the commitment we have to have as Americans to to the idea that we are human beings and that there are things that are true about all human that,
3: beings, that we are created equal
2: we are created equal yes. that we are we share mm-hmm. certain uh, as Jefferson said, natural rights under mm-hmm. natural law mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me that there is a, a, a law that governs all nature, including mm-hmm. human nature. Okay. We, we accept the idea that, that uh, the physical world is governed right. by laws, the law of gravity, all those mm-hmm. things but we have trouble with the idea that maybe there are laws that reply to human beings. Mm-hmm. Now, the founders had no trouble with this, and they premised the whole country on that. Mm-hmm. We ought to be teaching young people this to get them to not focus so much on, well, what color are you, what gender are you, what's your ethnicity? What are our right? differences? What are our differences? Mm-hmm. We're, gonna have, we're, we're, we're all different. Even if we look the same, we're different. We don't mm-hmm. have the same level of, of ability or motivation or intelligence or, or skills, whatever. We're mm-hmm. all different in, in just multiple ways, which mm-hmm. is a great thing but to focus on why we are alike. What is it that unites us? Mm-hmm. That's what we need. And this kind of mm-hmm. curriculum doesn't bring unity and, right. and uniting. It, it, it breeds division. Mm-hmm. And we have seen that happen in the last 20 years, especially as yes. we've done more and more of this. The divisions have gotten more stark, yeah. more, more pointed. And more, more polarized. More polarized mm-hmm. and more violent. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. We have to
1: stop doing this. Yeah, yeah. And if you are just joining us, you are listening to Education Nation here on AM 1280, The Patriot, where we are joined in studio with state's former State Senator David Han, and we are discussing the new incoming Governor-elect, Tim Waltz, and his platform for education. And as we continue our discussion, we have seen some of the fallout that has come from racial equity curriculums that have been implemented here in the state of Minnesota. Uh, one that comes to mind, and we've talked about it quite a bit here, is the Edina Public School District, In it's 2013 implementation of the all for all plan. And that has left many white students feeling shamed and ostracized, not only from the process of securing a quality education, but also feeling the sense of inferiority as it pertains to their role in society and whether currently or historically. Uh, it's perceived and taught to them by teachers. So, I mean, does the governor elect's vision for this equity and excellence in education that we've been talking about, does it potentially open a Pandora's box, if you will, that could leave more students feeling inferior in the classroom if we're stressing these these differences?
2: Well, I think that Pandora's box is already open. It's just mm-hmm. a question of whether we're going to turn it upside down right. and dump it out and mm-hmm. spread it all over. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I, I think, again, going back to what we were just talking about, th- th- this, this represents, in my view, uh, really an abandonment of the purpose of education. And I keep going back, and as you know, I've talked about this over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the a focus on education. We should we should. What is what is the purpose? What is how do you define education? A lot of people, Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter, talk about education as being preparation for jobs or mm-hmm. careers, or mm-hmm. that's just so false. Right. Yeah. It is really about the uh, uh, formation of virtues, mm-hmm. the virtues that are needed. By us, by human beings, in order to govern ourselves, to mm-hmm. and not be subjected to tyrannical or anarchical societies, which has been the norm, if you want to, throughout human history, that that's the way most people have lived. Mm-hmm. And we tried to say, no, we're going to do this differently. And so, but they, but they've recognized that to do this, you have to have a people. That is educated and and it has the virtues that that are necessary to be self governing. And those virtues don't come to us just out of Naturally. the womb. You know, <laughs> right. we, it, 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 they have to be taught, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's what education is for. And, and uh, the Northwest Ordinance, which yes. you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. there is a great statement, first education law, if you will, in the country. Uh, and I would wager that most. People in, the, in government, I would wager, Tim Waltz doesn't have a clue, doesn't know what it is, has never heard of it. Uh, most legislators that I've talked to are not aware of it. Uh, but it's a law that if we're going to abandon that vision, it should be done, I think, uh, overtly. Mm-hmm. Here's what the founders said education is about. We're rejecting that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do this stuff instead. They never do that.
3: No, it's like the frog in the boiling pot. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that, mm-hmm. that
2: this, this focus, we've seen it in Edina, we've seen it over the years, it's an abandonment of what the focus of education, what the purpose of education really is mm-hmm. in favor of these things that are ultimately very divisive. It goes back to what we were saying. We're emphasizing your skin color, your ethnicity, your gender, your whatever, as the most important thing. Even though our founder said those things are not essential to who we are as mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. and that's what's missing—that we're we're elevating things that are in Aristotle's view accidental, mm-hmm. and and saying they're essential, and diminishing entirely the things that are essential and true about every human. Yeah, being.
3: yeah, and we do need to get back to that if we want to bring unity back to our country. I believe There's no question. Yeah. So, um, in addition to that culturally relevant curriculum, Governor elect Walls um, wants to expand access to resources that teach school skills, quote unquote, such as the acronym AVID. Can you explain the meaning of AVID and has it been proven to reduce racially predictable outcomes for students, as the claim of Tim Walls and Governor elect Peggy Flanagan report? Well, I,
2: and to be honest with you, until I read this thing that uh, the Walls campaign put out, uh, Was not familiar with, AVID, which is an acronym, and Mm -hmm. so I did some research, looked it up, and it's a, it's a program that was started some time ago uh, by a teacher I think in California, Mm -hmm. Advanced Advancement via Individual Determination, Hmm. is what that stands for Mm -hmm. AVID, and and what it was designed to do was to try to uh, teach uh, learning skills. you know study skills, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. the kind of things that that are necessary to, you know how to take notes, how to be prepared, uh, how to study uh, and, and so they've been doing this for some time in some schools across the country. I think almost every state has got some schools that have committed to this a v i d avid program. Mm-hmm. There is no evidence frankly Once that again. these things have had any great effect. I'm not saying that they are necessarily bad. there may mm-hmm. be some good parts to that but mm-hmm. but there tends to be again. Focus in these programs about the cultural Mm -hmm. uh, importance of differences, Mm -hmm. and and how you have to then have maybe different teachers of different representing different ethnicities or different as if those things are what is important. So I think again it it's it's a distraction uh, from the main focus of education, Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, there is no. There is no evidence that it's been successful. And the thing that's important is that it's a selective program. You Mm -hmm. have to apply and then be admitted into it. So this is not the, Mm. well, we're going to... You know, put every child in. No, you have to sort of go to a committee of some way and get chosen. You have to sort of prove that you have the potential to be successful before you. At least that's the way it's been administered in other states. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, sad. Okay, we we had so many questions for you, and we're already running out of time. (laughs) So we're going to have to jump down to our last question here for you. Um, Last year, the Republican-controlled Minnesota legislature, with its bipartisan support, presented the Opportunity Scholarship tax credit to Governor Dayton as part of the state's tax bill. The program would have allowed people to receive a tax credit for making contributions to a scholarship-granting organization, which in turn would have solicited donations um, from a fund and provide grants then that would have allowed um, low-income students to attend the private school of their choice. Governor Dayton didn't want this, and he obviously, um, you know, vetoed it. Um, opponents of this legislation referred to it as new neo-vouchers because they say it would have allowed taxpayers to avoid paying into public education coffers. So fast forward to now with Governor Waltz coming in, um, they want to nix vouchers. A, are they referring to these types of funds? And we need to really be quick with your response.
2: Yeah, and the short answer is yes. The, 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 uh... Democrats typically, politically, are in line with the education Minnesota. They, they do not want to see any funding spent anywhere outside of the traditional, which would include excluding charter schools. They're not big friends of the charter school movement mm-hmm. either. They want to see money go to the traditional public schools. Um, and that's uh, too bad. It does a disservice to students, as we know. Uh, parents, students want to have choices. It's, it's a key, I believe, to, to good schools and to, to create the environment that creates good right. education is putting parents in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so the idea that that, uh, that that this is a good policy to say we're going to take a stand and not allow any funding to go anywhere except the place well that's it's as i said it's unfortunate it's sad uh, but i do i Perfectly believe that that is the the goal of this administration. That is their goal. Okay, it is a very consistent part of the yeah. Education Minnesota yeah. plan.
3: Okay, well, thank you so much. There's going to be a lot more to come, and we will probably be bringing you back on the show. So, thanks to our listeners for listening to Education Nation, and you can follow us at ednationmn.org. Thank you.